don't sit on this one. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today I've been thinking about the role urgent care has in diagnosing bowel cancer. When viewed in macro, it is straightforward to define how patients should use the health services for which they have self-referral access, certainly at least here in New Zealand. Life and limb emergencies go to the emergency department. Urgent medical conditions, not immediately life or limb threatening, but that cannot wait 24 hours or more for their usual doctor, should attend urgent care. And non-urgent and ongoing health maintenance should attend their GP. But while this makes sense on paper, in reality it is a Venn diagram which sees non-urgent presentations to ED, GP presentations to urgent care, and emergency presentations to GP, and so on. Why this happens is complicated, but inevitable. There are access issues, cost barriers, and it would be unreasonable for us to expect patients to self-triage to the appropriate place every time. So despite each specialty of emergency, urgent care, and GP being specialised in dealing with our individual section of the Venn diagram, we all must also maintain education in the crossover areas. I think these crossover areas cause us all some concern. I am not a GP, nor an ED physician. I'm an urgent care physician, but must maintain a knowledge and ability to safely manage emergencies, or suitably identify treat as required, and redirect GP problems. Likewise, our ED and GP colleagues must maintain similar knowledge of these Venn crossovers, but we would not consider ourselves specialists in any of those other areas, unless you happen to have multiple fellowships, of course. But throughout this, our patient's view is that we're the clinician that they want to help them, and they have no concept of the difference in our workplace, training, or experience. So these Venn area crossovers are important places to direct our attention when it comes to CPD. We must maintain an awareness of these conditions, remain conversive in their presentations and managements, and be prepared to listen to our patients' needs. This can be difficult, especially when we're busy and a patient has waited a long time and you know that they would have got a more suitable care from their GP. But it's for this reason that I like the GP Research Review publication, which I've mentioned several times on this podcast. Reading these papers each month helps me to keep my mind across the latest GP developments, also along with the Goodfellow Unit's GEMS. And even if some of the papers are not directly urgent care related, I think a lot of the papers, if you look hard enough, you can find something worth considering through the urgent care lens, and therefore might help you when a GP-type presentation comes through your clinic. So I'd recommend anyone to sign up for these free publications and to peruse them over a cup of tea and then claim them as CPD, 
Links are in the show notes. An example of a paper that the research review brought to my attention that made me stop and think hard about our job in urgent care can be found in issue 208. It linked to a paper that is open access, so it's well worth a read. It's by Clay Lamprell et al, and it's in the BMC Primary Care Journal, published in January of this year. It's titled, People with Early Onset Colorectal Cancer Describe Primary Care Barriers to Timely Diagnosis, a mixed-method study of web-based patient reports in the United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand. There are a number of take-homes relevant to urgent care, so as the paper is open access, I'd recommend you all check it out, but I'll summarise my thoughts. Firstly, it seems that early-onset colorectal cancer, that being in people under 50, is on the rise. When you review the New Zealand direct referral criteria from the Ministry of Health, a lot of the criteria do have 50 as the cut-off. I think, as with all guidelines and algorithms, we must always apply a degree of flexibility when interpreting them, and so keeping in mind that people in their 30s and 40s get bowel cancer is important. As an example, for those of you in New Zealand, you may have seen the comedian Di Henwood recently talking about his battle with bowel cancer, diagnosed in his early 40s. So this paper records patient perceptions of the diagnostic process through primary care, and it's important to read what their experiences of going through the diagnostic process were, so as to try and find ways to ensure people do not slip through the cracks. The qualitative assessment focused on three areas, clinical assessment, continuity of care, and interpersonal care. There were a few conclusions worth highlighting for urgent care. I thought it interesting that anal bleeding was often attributed to hemorrhoids and that bloating and abdominal symptoms attributed to IBS or even gynae causes. As a subset of this point, only women reported symptoms being attributed to IBS or having psychological issues explored as the cause. Now this is an interesting bias to reflect on and definitely one to address. But in urgent care, we will see people with rectal bleeding, whether it's someone from the younger demographic who do not have a GP, or that the person is rightfully concerned and so comes in urgently, or perhaps the one-off visit to us is felt to be less confronting as a visit rather than going to their regular, more familiar family doctor. This is, after all, an embarrassing and delicate issue for many. But they will present to us, and if a patient reports bleeding and have visible piles, we might perhaps consider attributing the bleeding to the piles. And if their bloods are normal, they're under 50, with no other risk factors and examined normally, perhaps the lack of meeting the referral pathway means that they get reassured by us. Which leads me to my important take-home from reading this, and also cross-referencing the Ministry of Health guidelines and the BPAC article. It seems that continuity of care is an issue in missing these diagnoses. Now this was reported in two ways. Sometimes it would seem that seeing the same doctor every time led to delays, which is interesting, and the authors felt it was the doctors not wanting to expose people to unnecessary investigations. But this is not really an urgent care issue, but worth reflecting on nonetheless. 
But the continuity also relates to follow-up between providers, the information and the safety netting given, and in establishing definitive follow-up. Now, this is something for all conditions that we need to ensure in urgent care, but for something that can sit insidiously getting worse like bowel cancer, engaging our patient to their GP for follow-up is extremely important. The guidelines mention that for those who do not meet referral criteria, monitoring ongoing symptoms, checking weight, bloods, re-examining every couple of months will help prevent misdiagnoses. The BPAC article lists good safety netting advices, and it also addresses the dichotomy of increasing workload unnecessarily versus missing diagnoses. It is a tightrope, but thinking purely from urgent care. If you've seen someone who you think the bleeding is likely from piles, you've checked their bloods, screened for red flags, and determined that the person is not on the direct referral criteria list, these people should be advised that a GP review is required in a month or two. Engaging them to seek follow-up will help ensure that people do not get falsely reassured. Only being diagnosed later when symptoms start to deteriorate later in the disease process. Early diagnosis is so important in colorectal cancer, so in urgent care we need to be thinking about how we sync up with our GP colleagues for these types of patients. Advising them that they have piles and to see their GP if any ongoing problems, particularly someone who has been waiting months trying to summon up the courage to get somebody to look at their bottom, might not be enough. Written information and advising that a review is required is, I think, good practice for us in these cases. Perhaps even giving yourself a light bulb reminder to call the patient in a couple of weeks to check. Or in our discharge letters to the GP, really highlighting the fact that the patient must see them which will hopefully mean that they can chase from their end. Or perhaps just pick up your phone and talk to your GP colleague. It might be a little bit of extra work, but I think on reading this paper, probably worth it. So do have a read of the paper, and keep it in mind when you next see a rectal bleed patient. Being familiar with the referral guidelines which you might not use very often, is helpful, and the BPAC paper has some good safety netting tips. As early onset colorectal cancer is on the rise, and as urgent cares are getting busier and busier, it is important to listen to patient experiences and ensure that we do not rush some of the most important parts of our consultations. This is difficult. But as with a lot of conditions we do not see very often, keeping it at the front of the mind is a good place to start. And recognising the important part we play in the primary care world and in that patient journey, improving engagement with our GP colleagues is always going to improve outcomes. If you have any comments, questions, corrections or suggestions, email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening.